the explosive new film, Flynn, Deliver the Truth, Whatever the Cost, exposes secrets behind the government's takedown of General Michael Flynn. Flynn knew what the intel world had been up to. He ordered the first audit of the use of contractors. This set off alarm bells. He told the truth. He was the most dangerous person for Donald Trump to hire. They had to get rid of Flynn. Flynn, Deliver the Truth, Whatever the Cost. Available now. Watch it today. Go to SalemNow.com. SalemNow.com. Welcome to The Firing Line with Philip Naiman. The Firing Line radio show is brought to you by Bullseye Sports in Riverside, CCW Safe, Cutting Edge Bullets, Vortex Optics, Vortex, The Force of Optics, and by Philip Naiman and Cornerstone Christian Wealth Management. And now your host, Philip Naiman. Good. Bad. I'm the guy with the gun. Well, folks, welcome to another edition of Firing Line Radio Show. This is Philip Naiman. I know what uh, I've been eager to get back on the show here. We had some technical difficulties last week, so we had to do a best of. But you know what? I think that Magic Man, Dan the producer, has all that in the can now. He's got it all fixed, and we're not going to have any more issues, and life is good. <laughs> right, Dan? <laughs> Well, there you go. His, his mic's broken. Yeah. Folks, uh, joining me this week, I have Jason Mayashiro. Jason Mayashiro, a longtime friend of the show, amazing person, great, great shooter. And we're going to talk about concealed carry, training for concealed carry, and uh, what to do when we're in this wonderful world of cancel culture, which is not just canceling people from their free speech, but also canceling every single fun thing there is to do on a weekend. So... Jason, how are you doing, buddy? I'm doing great, Phil. How are you? Very good. I forgot to tell them your official title. Now, when I first met Jason Mayashiro, he was a, a very good shooter, but he was wanting to become master. And this is uh, three years ago or maybe four. Wow, it's been a long time, Jason. So yeah. uh, he has been working diligently while well, I've been not working diligently, and he has increased <laughs> his game unbelievable, where now he is the Western Regional Intergalactic uh, Samurai Sensei IDPA Champion. Is that correct? <laughs> I think you might have added a couple things in there, but that, yeah, thank you. I appreciate it. <laughs> that's all they could fit on the belt buckle. <laughs> that's good. I love it, so thank you so much. Now you're an awesome, awesome guy, and you can find him, find him on Instagram at j. M I Y A two three on Instagram. J M I Y A two three on Instagram. He's got a ton of training videos and and his competition videos. So you'll see how fast this guy really is. And um, you know, if you think you're faster than him, now go go sit back on your couch. Just <laughs> he's got he's got game. Hey, and one of the things oh, we, we were talking about uh, a little earlier in our pre-show show um, was your training. Because not only do you post your competitions, but the le the amount and level of training that you do is off the charts. Tell us a little bit about that. Well, for me, the training is about priority is safety. Right? So a lot can happen in the fog of war and during competition. And competition is great and everything. But in real life, what I love about IDPA, uh, International Defensive Pistol Association, is that training for that will save your life. Um, there are certain parts of course you can game, but for the most part, what I take home with me, what I train for, uh, are the life-saving skills. And, uh, so dry fire is very important for me. And, um, you know, the ranges were closed for what almost two and a half months. 
So to be able to be home and dry fire practice from retention and, you know, close in targets, um, you know, uh, three to five feet, you know, nothing crazy. Um, and just trying to keep it very uh, realistic. Uh, do, you, do you recall something in IDPA called tactical sequence? No. It was, um, so like, let's say there's three targets in front of you and um, they're coming at you. They're like equidistant and they're coming at you. Um, and you have to put three um, holes in each one. How would you engage them? Uh, I would shoot the biggest one first. <laughs> right. Let's just say they're all the same size. See, what I didn't know back then was you put one, 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 and then two, two, two. What you're trying to do is just disable everybody and then clean them up. But that's those are things that IDPA would teach you. And in a real life situation, if three people are coming up against you, what would you do? You know. And uh, so now that's in the back of my head and be able to store that and put that in my data banks. And that's why I always thought IDPA was invaluable. Well, I always liked it just because. You know, I've only shot it a few times, but I, what I liked about it is, as you say, it's practical, defensive um, pistol. And in doing so, you know, you're drawing from retention, you're drawing from concealment, just like you would if you're walking down the street uh, and you had to had to draw, as opposed to Ipsic, which is a fun game and a lot of fast mm-hmm. shooting, but, you know, you've got a space gun that weighs five pounds and it's extended off your hip by six inches, so, you know, it's held in by a hair tri- by a hair holster. You know, yeah. fast, fun game, but you're not going to go to Walmart wearing that rig. Yeah, I mean, it's different. Um, you know, <laughs> I, I, I hear what you're saying, and um, it's just... For me, I just chose to go this defensive route, and I um, feel like the skills that I've learned and the things that I practiced um, will help me one day, and uh, or at least help to um, create a secure zone around me. Yeah. Hopefully, you won't have to use it, but who knows what the craziness we have going on in Los Angeles out I, there? I, I pray that I don't have to use it, but I know that um, it's. I have that quiet confidence that I can when I um, if I need it. Yes, I would have the quiet confidence in you too. <laughs> Thank you. <laughs> Yeah, let's talk about it on the radio station. <laughs> <laughs> exactly. You should yeah, so check it out. Uh, check out his Instagram because there really is a lot of different things and um, difficult training. And one of the things about training like that is number one, someone's got to load up the truck, take all the targets to, to the range, set them up, break them down. That's it. I'm done. I, I don't even have enough energy to continue training at that point in time. It's like just loading the truck and taking it out there. I'm out. That's it for me. But the dedication level to be a championship shooter goes over and above that. And that's why Jason is the champion and I am not. And I'm okay with okay. it. <laughs> well, I'll set up targets with you any day, Phil. It's, I actually prefer you set them up for me. I'll just Yeah, that's with, what I yeah, meant. There you go. <laughs> just give me time to get out, okay? <laughs> So uh, now that's outdoor training, but what about inside? I mean, people have been trapped in their home for the last month. So what's going on with that? Oh, yeah. I'm just doing a ton of dry firing inside the house. And, um, you know, I use one six scale targets and one to one targets and um, even said, smaller targets. You said three and, to five. Uh, it's just trying to get the the draw and the uh, presentation down. And um, I've been really focusing on grip and trigger finger placement because those are two things that I find that when you're deconditioned, I had a match a couple weeks ago, or a week ago that, um, that I shot in and I hadn't shot for four weeks before that. And I just, you know, you need to kind of get the use of the feedback of your gun. And I found myself really struggling through the first three stages. And what it came down to was grip and trigger finger placement. And, uh, the fact that I can narrow it down into those things and kind of see that as I take a diagnostic of my shots, 
realizing, you know, um, some very uncharacteristic, uh, uh, bullet hole placement. <laughs> so it's all about being able to correct it and execute immediately and try to make those corrections. So what was wrong with your grip? Um, it just wasn't tight enough. Um, I wasn't, so I'm, I'm shooting, I don't know if you know this, but I'm shooting a, a SIG X5 Legion now. So it, uh, it's, yeah. it's a lot heavier those than my are, G34. Those are really and nice when I'm you still, can find them. Say again? Those are really nice when you can find them. Yeah, so I was able to. <laughs> and um, I'm, I'm shooting a carry optic on it, a Romeo 1 Pro. And um, I realized that there were certain shots where I felt like the red dot was uh, leaving the window. And that's indicative of a, of a loose grip, or my grip could have been a little better. And those typically on really hard leans coming out of a barrier. So what I did to to practice for that is for this next match is really focus on hard leans and then really just squeezing down on that grip and uh, not, not squeezing the life out of it. Because I also find that when I squeeze too hard, I start to pin the trigger mm. and that's a problem because then I start getting trigger freezes and um, you know, my reset isn't as good. So it's about learning how to squeeze and be loose with my fingers. So um, that's been, so that's explain- been an eternal learning curve for me. Of course. And and if you want to get better, it's going to always at some point be a, a continuing learning curve. What is pinning the trigger? So it's when you are squeezing so hard with your entire hand that your trigger finger just will not let go of the trigger, will not let it reset. You're just pressing too hard. All right. So that's a good thing not to do. Um, yeah. It's right. embarrassing. <laughs> <laughs> when you do it, you're going, bam, 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 bam. But, I mean, it's the funniest thing. And I see on the video and my SO, my supervisor, my uh, safety officer always just gives me uh, a little nudge later about it because <laughs> it's obvious when, when it happens. Well, it's obvious for you if there's a regular person oh, yeah. out there, you know, the <laughs> gaps are so long between shots. So it's not that big a deal, right? Yeah. Well, EDPA reminds me how human I am. I'll tell you that every single time. So what are some of your favorite stages? What do they look like? Oh, I like stages where there's a lot of movement. Um, of course, when there's like, you know, reactive targets, uh, when I shot in the IDPA world championships last year, there were a lot of pneumatic targets. So you pass by a little barrier and it, it, it sets off a sensor and things just kind of come up and just pop up and down and at really irregular intervals. So in your mind, you got to think of like which targets you're going to engage first. And, uh, I, I like stages that make me think and, um, make you keep round count because, um, when that buzzer goes off, you know, your plan starts to slowly migrate toward chaos. Uh, so I like the challenge of um, not so much far off shots, but just challenging shots and uh, knowing when to shoot fast and when to shoot slow. That's a huge thing. I would say that's, that's the one thing that helped me become a master. When I realized what my cadence should be for certain targets at different distances. Exactly. And, and you can watch yeah. that on his videos. You'll see, you know, the, the bigger, full-size cardboard targets. He just wrecks through them two at a time. And then he'll take a a small gap and knock over a 25-yard piece of steel, 25-yard piece of steel, come back and run them fast again. So, again, that's why he's champion, and I'm on the radio. Folks, (laughs) (laughs) Philip Maiden, Firing Line Radio Show. Uh, Hope you join us back here. Check him out at J-M-I-Y-A-23 on Instagram, firinglineradio.com. AM 590, the answer. This portion of the firing line is brought to you by Bullseye Sports in Riverside. All right, you primitive screwheads, listen up. See this? This is my boomstick! 
Hey folks, welcome back to Firing Line Radio Show, and you know, every week on our show, our conversation is going to revolve around firearms, hunting, gun rights, everything afforded to all Americans under the Second Amendment of the Constitution. Now, our faithful companion in the battle to uphold these rights has been our longtime sponsor, Vince Torres at Bullseye Sports, Guns, and Ammo in Riverside. Now, if you're not armed for protection or recreation, well, shame on you. In fact, you better hurry up. Well, there's something to buy. Head on down to Bullseye Sport in Riverside where you need to go for small arms, rifles, shotguns, ammo, big arms, and much more. After you purchase that firearm, Vince and I highly recommend that you attend a certified firearm safety and training course, one to teach you the basic knowledge, skills, and attitudes essential to the safe and efficient use of your firearm. For more information about the certified firearm courses, call Bullseye Sport in Riverside, 951-823-0211. Visit the website, bullseyesport.com, 951-823-0211. All right, folks. Hey, joining me back here, I have Jason Mayashiro on Instagram, jmiya 23 on Instagram. Check him out. He's got all kinds of great training tips. He actually does. He has training tips. He has his training videos. He has his competition videos. If you want to learn how to shoot fast and shoot straight, Jason Mayashiro is your guy. Jason, how you doing, buddy? I'm doing great, Phil. Thank you. So we, we started off the show talking about IDPA, which is your competition of choice. But IDPA is also, in my estimation, a very great way to practice for concealed carry. Because you have to have a certain type of holster, you have to have a cover or concealment on, on your uh, your arm, you have to draw from retention. So there's a lot of things that go on there that most people don't get to practice if they just head on down to the range and shoot at 25 yards on paper. So talk about concealed carry. What should somebody who's a concealed carry person think about? Um, well, first of all, equipment is, is essential. I feel, um, it's, uh, just making sure you have a reliable holster that's going to protect you because if you're going to appendix carry, you do not want any flexibility in that holster. Am I right, Phil? <laughs> you do. Uh, you probably also want to, you don't want a six inch, uh, a revolver either. Um, no, yeah, you're going to, you're going to carry something that's uh, easy to deploy and it's not going to jab at you when you're sitting down. Um, right. I used to. Uh, carry a Glock uh, 19, and um, it it was good. But um, I don't know if I told you this, but I'm I'm shooting a, a Sig X5 in competition now, and they they have a um, a caliber exchange kit where I can actually go to a compact that has a 3.9 inch barrel. Hmm. Are you familiar with this whole thing? I am not. Yeah, so the Sig X5 Legion. Um, what makes it so versatile is that it basically has a FCU, a fire control unit, that you can swap out and put right into a compact uh, frame. And it's, it's amazing. And uh, this holster that I found from uh, this group, CYA Supply, you can check them out at cyasupply.com. Um, veteran-owned and operated company, um, affordable CCW um, or concealed carry um, inside the waistband holsters. I think they're fantastic. Um, they're in San Antonio, Texas. They make I'm them actually, out of Kydex, leather. What do they do? Uh, they do a Kydex that is really solid. And um, I just don't like flexibility at all. And these Kydex holsters are great. And uh, so I got a Kydex holster for this uh, P320 compact. And um, it's actually my girlfriend, Chelsea, that first found them. And she was a big fan of their holster for her uh, M&P uh, shield. And she ended up getting one of their belts, which is great. It's um, this hybrid EDC belt that she just absolutely loves. It's super rigid. Okay, uh, I'm going to get one too. Let's, let's jump back um, on the this, holster part. So to jump back on the holster, you're talking about sure. rigidity, right? Kydex is yep. pretty, probably Absolutely. the 
the number one recommended uh, type of a holster. Some some are hybrid where they might have kydex on one side and a leather backing mm. or a neoprene backing against your body. That's another one. But I think yeah. the important thing to me when I'm talking to people about this is I do not want a generic holster. I want a holster Correct. made for that model of firearm. So it's got, if it has a retention device, like Safari Land likes a retention device on the front of the trigger guard, kind of mm-hmm. snaps in, snaps out, or thumb hold or something like that. It has a retention device. You're not like, it's not like a bucket that you just drop a gun into. I think that's a Correct. disaster waiting to happen. Yeah, I agree. I mean, yeah, I always like a little bit of pop sound as it comes out. Um, you know, if your EDC belt is rigid enough, it's not going to pull out with the holster. And um, yeah, I just love, I just love the way that they design these things. Hold it know. up there. CYA holster. Yeah. yeah. It so, is, it is solid. It is very solid. It makes me, it, you know, happy. I don't feel nervous. Um, that I looks like with an, it and walked around the house. That's you know? an in, inside the waistband holster. Uh huh. Okay. So, um, What's interesting about that is the backside of it isn't very flat. It actually looks like it would be a, almost a left-handed holster. Yeah. yeah. So, folks, if you want to see this on video, uh, go to Jason's uh, webpage or his Instagram. <laughs> his Instagram. He'll be posting pieces of this all over the place. But J-M-I-Y-A-23, he's recording this on uh, on Zoom because they have that technology. It is cool. Hmm. Yeah, I think you're gonna like this one, so I'll I'll, um, I'll have COI contact you because they're uh, they're a solid, solid group here, you know. And and what about uh, uh, guarding the trigger? The other thing, I just did a class for I don't know 40 people or so this week uh, out here in Redlands, just a basic introduction to firearms, mm-hmm. right? Mm-hmm. And one of the things I was showing them is you do not want a holster of any kind that doesn't cover your trigger. Yeah, that's what I love about this. This this is a very um, safe and guarded trigger guard. So um, even if, if if you were to come out, you know, your finger wouldn't go directly into the trigger. Um, yeah, or if, even if you put it halfway in, I just love the way that it covers. And uh, yeah, that's the first thing I look at. Let's kind of see what kind of lip it has on the front here. Mm-hmm. And everything is nice and smooth, too. Nothing snags. Of course, that's another thing we have to look for. Um, and when you ask me what were important things is that um, a, a good holster and no snag. How does that? These things are really nice. What kind of retention does that use? Um, it's just a just a just these two screws here. This little passive retention here, and um, yeah, I can adjust it. I actually like the way it came stock. Nice little pop in it, and I don't feel like it's um, it's too tight. Um, but it gives me enough that if I were to jump up and down, that thing's not moving at all. So that's a different type of retention. Like the Safari Land mm-hmm. ones, oftentimes they'll have a snap that comes over the front of the trigger guard, mm-hmm. or uh, something else that will lock that you need your thumb to manipulate it to open it up but this one is more of a uh, sandwich style right it's tight yes it just squeezes from both sides yes correct yeah and two different uh, parts that you can adjust and it's sort of exactly like my competition holster um to kind of get it the way i like it but i always like just a little bit of a snap in there a little pop mm-hmm. and uh, yeah these guys did it right straight out the box so it's great i like them now the other thing i think that is very important if you're a concealed carry guy and uh especially you're carrying well, anywhere you're carrying to me, this is a personal bias. I will not reholster my pistol inside the waistband. I will take the holster off, put the gun in it, put it back in as a unit. It's, you know, the same reason I don't carry a 1911 locked and cocked. It's just freaking me out <laughs> yeah. a little bit, right? Yeah. I'm not going to take a loaded gun and slide it in the front of my pants. Um, 
it's just not going to happen. I will gladly take the holster out, put the gun in the holster, put the holster back in as a unit. I think that's a safer way to go. What What are your feelings on that? Yeah, I mean, of course, you know, when I'm dry firing and doing things like that, I um, will just, you know, reholster that way. But, you know, you bring up an excellent point when it just comes to reholstering in general, people, uh, and, and I will go on the record for saying this, and I know I may ruffle some feathers, but I feel like a lot of people reholster way too aggressively. Yeah, you can see them on videos. Um, They're like throwing the gun in their holster. It is the craziest thing. And, and you know, if you train that way in dry fire, you're going to default to that in, in your, um, you know, in a life situation. And um, I'm always very careful going back to holster. Um, but I can see, I mean, you make an excellent point. Yeah, in real life, if I'm reholstering my life arm, yeah, pull that holster out, put it back in. Um, but I've always been a big, big um, advocate of reholstering very, very slowly. I agree. And looking down at it and clearing your garment and looking down. Um, that has been instilled in me by my, my sensei, Masaki Tanagawa. And just, there's no reason to go back to holster quickly. Well, that's a whole you thing. You bring up an excellent point. So, so even in IDPA, when does, yeah. the, when does the clock stop? It stops when your last shot happens. So if you throw your gun in your holster quicker, do you save, are you saving time? No, no. All you're doing is taking risks you don't need to because it's bad training. And a lot of guys that I've seen watching videos, they don't even look down. Um, there's a very famous video of a police chief who is walking into a gun store and he's just walking around and all of a sudden his gun goes off in his holster. Now the re he's all mad about the, uh, I don't know. He was trying to sue for something else over this, but what happened is when he originally holstered his gun, the drawstring of his windbreaker. Oh my goodness. Got wow. caught in his trigger guard. So as he's wow. walking around, the thing just goes off. Now, why? Because he didn't take two seconds to make sure when he put his gun in, it was clear. And, you know, like you're saying, sweep your, sweep your garment out of the way, take a second, look down, drop it in, finger off the trigger, and then you go home with only your OEM orifices. And that's a, <laughs> yes. if, you, if you have any additional ones, it's a <sighs> bad day. Right. Yeah, that that is see that that's horrifying to me because you know in IDPA as you load right so your supervising officer tells you or your safety officer tells you to um, load and make ready. Yep. So I see a ton of people just load boom 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 and just throw it in back into a yeah, holster. Yeah, exactly for me, what we're talking about. I'm, I'm holding my we got to pick there, it up. Of course, we we got to pick it up after this, folks. FightingLineRadio.com. Have questions about handgun safety, local sports shooting events, or your Second Amendment rights? Just ask Vince at Bullseye Sport in Riverside. Get practical advice. No sales pitch. Vince is a straight shooter when it comes to sharing his advice and years of gun experience. Whether you're a seasoned gun owner or a newcomer, at Bullseye Sport, they welcome everyone, especially ladies considering a firearm for the first time. When they go to our store, we want to give them something that they're going to feel comfortable with. And if you're looking to purchase a gun, ammo, or accessories... If we don't have it, we will get it for you. For all the answers to your rifle and handgun questions, just ask Vince at Bullseye Sport. 951-823-0211. Bullseye Sport in Riverside. Proud sponsor of the Firing Line Gun Show, Saturdays at 1 p.m. on AM 590. Follow Bullseye Sport on Facebook for your inventory updates or call 951-823-0211. 951-823-0211. AM 590. The answer. 
This portion of the firing line is brought to you by CCW Safe by Philip Naiman and Cornerstone Christian Wealth Management. Spartans, lay down your weapons. Persians, come and get them. Hey, folks, welcome back to Firing Line Radio Show. We had to jump off the air there for your wonderful commercials so you can all support the show and uh, make the company some money. Hey, Jason Myashiro is here with me. We were talking about reholstering. This is critical because most negligent discharges happen in two areas, the gun coming out of the holster, the gun going back into the holster. So, Jason, tell us about IDPA, what you've seen there. Well, I just see a lot of aggressive reholstering. So when your safety officer says to load and make ready, right, hot gun going back into the holster, you have to clear your garment and, and, and put your gun back in the holster. And I see a lot of people just slamming it back in there, and it just makes me nervous. And I always appreciate a, a safety officer who uh, asks them for a slow reholster. Look down, see where you're going. I mean, I've seen guns drop to the floor and get people get DQ'd because they they're looking the at the, the stage and they are so nervous and they, they put their gun and they think it's in the holster and it drops straight to the ground, right? <laughs> Loaded, hot, <laughs> hammer, you know, not striker fire. Uh, is that a bad thing? <laughs> oh, did I get lost there? Yeah, is, that, is that a bad thing? <laughs> yeah. Oh. So anyway, so if you want to find out more about the holster, CYASupply.com, CYASupply.com. Yes. So carrying concealed... Um, which is what we're talking about here. Gun choice is paramount. Your holster choice is paramount. Um, and, and as far as it comes to being a firearm, if you're in Riverside County, I think you get choice of six. Uh, I think there's three in San Bernardino County, LA County. Good luck. Orange County. I think you have three or four choices of firearms. And so there's a, you can have a different spectrum of sizes. For instance, I have a six inch 44 Magnum on my card. Why? <laughs> well, because when I go archery bear hunting, I'm allowed to have a CCW weapon on me. So guess which one comes on that? <laughs> 44 Magnum. <laughs> uh, which one? There you go. Yeah. Which one do I carry appendix? Not the 44 Magnum. <laughs> so, you know, there's different times you're going to want different firearms. Like a, uh, you may want something if you're wearing a suit, which I do often, you may want like a, a Smith and Wesson 642, the five shot titanium revolver that weighs nothing and doesn't profile you. If you're just going to have one firearm, you said the Glock 19. I think for most people, especially if you're a bigger guy, a Glock 19 is great. If not, I think the shield, which you said um, one of your family members has, I think the shield nine based on California available firearms, what we can have, the Shield 9 is a great way to go. How about, give me your thoughts on that. Yeah, um, well, my girlfriend Chelsea carries, actually a Shield, it's a, um, it's a 45. And um, with her CYA holster, uh, she doesn't print at all, which is really nice. And uh, that's so, a, Explain printing. That's a, printing is, um, and with your, gar- with your clothes on, you cannot see your firearm at all. And that's, that's huge. And for me, you know, cause I'm usually, yeah, I'm an athletic trainer. So I'm wearing these Nike stuff. So a little bit more fitted. Those are uh, Nike. You're in Lululemon yoga pants <laughs> as we speak. Don't yeah, give me that. Boys large. Remember? You gotta, it's you a boys large. Boys yes. Large. <laughs> Just, you had to make the, get the two giraffes that match. So, you know, your colors work. 
<laughs> yeah, that's right. You know me so well, Phil. Like, you know me so well. But yeah, it's uh, I can't when I when I see CW like uh, when I was in Vegas, um, you know, I'll, I'll carry there. I can't wear those clothes anymore. I got to wear something a little bit baggier, little bigger shirts. Um, my pant size goes up about a size. And, to twenty four. Uh, yeah, EDC belt. <laughs> yeah, to twenty nine. Man, uh, yeah, so we're like a thirty one, thirty. So it's uh, yeah, it's 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 much different. It's a different lifestyle. Yeah, CCW is a different lifestyle. It's a different mindset. Um, it's awareness, and it's um, it needs to be trained, and it needs to be sharpened, and it needs to be harnessed, and it's a diminishing skill. So you got to be on top of it mentally right. more than anything. Now, printing is important. So a lot of people like to carry the small of the back or right side above your right cheek, so to speak. Um, but if you lean over tie your shoe or go to pick something up that prints really bad. Mm. What do you think? Yeah. Um, it takes a special holster, special gun, and you really need to, to walk around and, and try different clothing to see what prints, what doesn't. And unfortunately, Southern California, you're not going to wear a jacket in August. So that takes out a whole different aspect of uh, what you can wear. You're going to be wearing a, one shirt, maybe an undershirt underneath and then a shirt on top. But you don't, you're not going to have an extra garment to hide anything. Yeah. And people don't realize too, like when they take a CCW class, um, you know, they actually have to like try it out. Like you would clothes in a department store, right? You have to kind of see what fits your lifestyle and your movements and um, your daily activity and tasks and what sort of fits your habits. Because I remember even in Vegas, there were a lot of times when, um, you know, just carrying appendix was caught me off guard a couple of times here and there, like you said, time to shoe or sitting down and, um, you know, kind of having to shift it over to the side as I drove or it was just, um, again, it's, it's a lifestyle change and it's, you know, um, heightened awareness. And it brings responsibility. You know, that's why, uh, it, absolutely. Yeah. You know, CCW safe is the, is the company we always recommend because you, your homeowner's protection is not going to be there if you have to defend your life. So check that out at ccwsafe.com. Um, other types of firearms. Do you work with revolvers at all? I don't. Well, this is going to be a short conversation um, then. <laughs> Next question. No, um, yeah, I, I don't work with revolvers as much. I understand um, why people love them. I know that you know the main thing for CCW is that those things can't be thrown out of battery, right? Right. And um, it's just a great way to stub nose, and uh, so that I can really appreciate. Th thrown out of battery means what? Mm -hmm. Basically, like with a Glock, a striker fire, um, as soon as that slide moves a little bit, the gun will not fire, whereas... Uh, if, if the barrel is pointed or pressed up against somebody, whereas with a revolver, that barrel gets pressed up, that thing's still going off. Right. So it's an important thing when you're talking about different, uh, uh, different types of firearms. If just because you holstered poorly, um, you did not rack your slide all the way back when you loaded your weapon and your slide is back a, a gajillimeter, the gun won't fire. And that could be a wasted second or two or five if you don't know what's happened and you're trying to diagnose the whole thing instead of just slapping the back of the of the slide. So that can happen. Also with the revolver, you don't have safeties. You don't have uh, mm -hmm. another thing that happens a lot when people carry concealed inadvertently, if they don't have the right kind of magazine or even if um, it's magazine, even if they don't have the right kind of holster or if their holster doesn't cover your magazine release. Mm. While you're while you're carrying concealed, if your if your body pushes up against it and just 
presses in a little where you wouldn't even notice it, all of a sudden your magazine is not in position to feed the next round. Um, so I, I did that a lot with one of the firearms I used to carry, and I realized that this was a major problem with the holster it had. Um, every time I went to draw, the magazine was not in position for the second shot. So that one, that one, that holster is now in the example pile when I teach classes of what not to have ever. So it's oh, that's excellent. That's an excellent lesson. And it's a hard lesson learned, you know, and thank God you found out without having to be in a real life threatening situation. Well, thank God. Um, actually- IDPA, they don't uh, DQ you when your magazine falls out. So <laughs> <laughs> yes, <true. laughs> they just look at, they just glare at you. Well, <laughs> but, you know, it's I- funny when you say that when I first got the CYA holster, that was like the second thing I looked at to see what, um, amount of uh the magazine release it covered and you know that's what this little lip is right here and that's what i love about that is that and it's it, it, you cannot flex it is unflexible and, uh, or inflexible that way and um that's that's massive for me um that's what i look at in competition holsters as well but yeah you're right that's an um, excellent point to make to make sure that that magazine release is protected to the end the other thing you want to look at especially if you're looking at a um inside the waistband holster is how do they secure to your pants Assuming you're wearing pants. I, I don't know how they, well, I don't know how the Lululemons work, Jason. Maybe you could go over that with us, but the belt retention. So um, explain that. Well, for me, um, it's like with this, with this uh, clip right here, um, it really actually angles back up. So it really kind of gets up under your belt. So there's no so way that the, thing, this thing's going to come when loose. The firearm, or, when the firearm is in the holster and you're putting it in, it, has a uh, angles that slides up and you're allowed to snap the edge of your belt inside of a groove, correct? Correct. Yeah. And I love that. And it's very tight and, um, yeah, it's, in the, it's a nice release too, but once it's in there, it's not coming out. You know, you got to basically suck in your abs, pull this thing back <laughs> and you really have to get it out there. But that's important because <laughs> the last thing you want to yeah. do is if you ever did have to deploy and you reach down and you pull up your firearm and the whole package comes out with the holster <laughs> it on it, like you know, Nobody wants you, that. you pull the trigger, a little flag comes out the end and says, bang, right? It just, <laughs> it's not a good scene. You don't want that yeah. to happen. So, and the other part is you get the holster, you get the firearm, it's unloaded, you know, you're in your, your house, you practice drawing, you practice sweeping your clothing out of the way, keeping your left hand up out of the way, pulling up, you know, creating a grip, pressing forward. All those things require practice. You can't just buy a gun, put it in a holster, put it in your pants and expect not to shoot your toes off. And we like toes on this show. Toes are important. We don't want you to fall forward inadvertently. So protect your toes. Do your practice. Folks, Philip Naiman, Firing Line Radio Show. We'll be right back in our last session here with Jason Mayashiro, J-M-I-Y-A-23 on Instagram. Hi, folks. Philip Naiman from Firing Line Radio Show. If you're a concealed handgun carrier or have a firearm to defend your home and are forced to use your weapon for self-defense or the protection of a loved one, you'll be glad to have CCW Safe on your side. CCW Safe provides and pays 100% upfront defense funds for high-quality attorneys, expert witnesses, and the investigators you need following a critical incident with no reimbursement. And they do it all for one flat yearly fee starting at $179 a year. 
CCW Safe has permit and non-permit plans to protect California residents in this state and while traveling across the country. So check out their new ultimate plan with no caps on criminal and civil defense, $1 million for bond coverage, a dedicated million dollars for civil liability, and many other benefits. You defend your life. CCW Safe will defend your freedom and financial future. In California, CCW Safe has got you covered. So join now at ccwsafe.com. AM 590, the answer. This portion of the firing line is brought to you by Vortex Optics. Vortex, the force of optics. Bonan, what is best in life? To crush your enemies, see them driven before you, and to hear the lamentation of your women. That is good. And and the second to best thing is being on the show with Jason Mayashiro. Jason, welcome back here. Firing Line Radio Show. Get our podcast post, folks. Uh, at FiringLineRadio.com. They are still free this week. I think Dan, the producer, said we have to charge next week. But if you sign up this week, I think they're still free. So we're talking about concealed carry, just help, some helpful hints. Um, we're talking about this, the need for a specific holster for whatever you decide to carry. Uh, I, I know that when I first took my CCW class at San Bernardino, the sheriff said, look, you're all going to put your favorite guns on your 1911. You're going to put your SIG 320. You're going to put all these great guns on your list. And then when you go to renew, you're going to put a shield, a 642, all the small micro pistols, because <laughs> that's what you've learned over the last two years. So guns are important. Your selection for carry may not be the same selection you want to shoot all the time, but it's something you should practice with. Holsters are extremely important because that's what's going to protect you. Never carry a firearm loose in your pocket, man. Guys do it. Guys pay for it. Somewhere down the road, someone's got to pay that bill. So anything you carry a firearm in has to have the trigger protected. If it is a semi-automatic, I highly recommend that the magazine release is protected also. And that there's some force of of retention because you don't know if uh, somebody cold cocks you from behind and you fall over man, the last thing you want is your firearm spilling out into the street at that point in time. So it's important that you have some form of retention. And the other part we're just talking about now is the belt clip. So for an inside the waistband holster, that means that the body of the holster is inside your pants. There is a clip on them that go over the outside of your belt And yes, we should all wear belts. No more saggy britches, okay? If we see your underwear, you shouldn't be carrying a gun. (laughs) So, (laughs) so, That's true. Right? So that goes over and it clips on your belt. Now, your belt is actually another very integral component when it comes to carrying a weapon. Jason, tell us about that. Well, for for me, so my girlfriend, honestly, she's done a lot of research on this stuff for me. And I just sort of piggyback on her amazing finds. And that's how I found CYA Supply. And they have this hybrid EDC belt that is extremely rigid and flexible at the same time. Um, and it just fits in really great with their holsters and their clip. It's the clip that I'm always talking about that, um, that angles up back into the belt and just gives you a very secure fit. Um, I think this is for a 1.5 inch belt. I mean, I gotta tell you, it is, first of all, look how pretty this box is. <laughs> this is what the, the, I mean, I like the snake. Do, do I need, do I need to say any more? Just get it. Just get the belt. No, yeah, it's a, it's a solid belt and she absolutely loves it. And, um, for me, it's going to be for the, uh, SIG P320 compact. And, um, this, this holster is just absolutely perfect for it. So yeah, man, I cannot say enough about CYA. They're, they're amazing. They just put a lot of thought into it. And, 
it's nice that they just focus on inside the waistband holsters because they just um they the fit on these guys it's it's kind of incredible so i'm loving them big time fantastic so that's cyasupply.com hey what about um what about magazines so oh, here- i read them all the time Right, exactly. But you don't read them. You just look at the pictures. I think you should be honest about that. Yeah. <laughs> so uh, carrying extra magazines if you have a semi-automatic, what's your idea for that? Um, I would try to carry one with a little clip on it, maybe just a little bit um, so opposite. You're, you're right-handed. Um, so yeah, so I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to carry it on my left side. Yeah. Right. So you normally carry appendix? Yes. Okay. So you carry appendix and some guys physically might not be able to carry appendix. You may have to go on the side, but wherever you carry is where you should practice from. So if you have uh, that SIG, I imagine that's a 10 shot magazine, correct? Mm-hmm. That's correct. So you've got 10 in the gun and you have one extra magazine. Now it's important that again, you practice on where to draw from. Sometimes with the clothes I wear at work, I don't have a magazine holder uh, on my belt, but I might have a magazine in my pocket. Mm-hmm. You know, is it the fastest way to deploy? No, but is it better than not having a second magazine? Yes. So, you know, you should understand how to carry your magazines correctly. The way, putting them in my pocket is not the correct way. Okay. Hold the hate mail. I don't care. But sometimes <laughs> it, again, it's better than not having one at all. So what do you use for your magazine holder? Oh, honestly, sometimes well, I have to just put it in my pocket if I don't have the right. Um, See, and he's a yet, champion. Yeah. He's a well, champion, yeah. and, he's, and he's doing what I do. And, uh, <laughs> yeah, or you know, just a, a spare um, pocket here and there because um, when I do uh, practice CCW at home, I will have to reach into my pocket and pretend getting out that way. Yeah. Um, it just it changes it up. So that's where it differs from competition because in competition we've got these beautiful holsters with little rollers on them that basically just you know come out nicely and smoothly. But um, in a real life situation, as I'm engaging a target, I would practice in dry fire, being behind a barrier, engaging, and then and then breaking my grip and reaching for the next mag and getting it ready, and knowing that if I have one round left, boom, and be able to get it right in, not go empty and not and then have to reach. I would have that that next mag staged. See, he's talking, he's talking round count and being in the fight. And, mm-hmm. and, and that's from his competition, knowing that uh, if he runs his gun dry and he's not reloading on the, in the meantime, he's losing, he's losing the competition. So he's got to have that presence of mind all the time. Um, the other place, I don't know if you ever tried it, but it works really well. If you just duct tape it underneath your armpit, um, <laughs> it, I, I suggest stainless steel magazines for that. But it's another option that you have. If I get a duct tape sponsor, I will definitely start that. <laughs> if you know anybody. I will buy you, know you your first roll just to watch you do the video. <laughs> okay. You got it. You got it. We'll see what happens. <laughs> a little manscaping and CCW. I'm not going to video the manscaping. I just want to watch you rip it off. Okay. All right. Hey, at least we're not going down the wrong rabbit trails here, folks. So carrying concealed, the important thing is you know that you are armed and you are responsible for that firearm when you leave the house to bringing it back, right? I've heard horror stories. The number one place firearms get left behind. Did they teach you this in your CCW class? Uh, yes, where like bathrooms or restaurants yeah. or something like that. Yeah. Exactly. Yeah. yeah. Well, you know, you're not supposed to be carrying them to a bar. That's just a bad yeah. scene. But um, yeah, 
guys take them off restaurant, put it on top of the holder or whatever and leave. And that's just not yeah. a good day. So it's important that you have presence of mind. If you're bringing a firearm with you, you are responsible from the, taking it out to bringing it back. Um, the other thing that I always like to talk about when it comes to concealed carry and being a civilian it would be the pre-approved use of deadly force. Mm, mm. Now, that's a very, very, very narrow band. And in my understanding, of course, I'm not an attorney, nor do I play one on TV. But in my understanding is you can only introduce a firearm into a situation if it's in defense of your life or someone else's life or immediate, immediate personal damage. That doesn't mean that somebody grabs your wife's purse, is running away, and you shoot him in the back. That is not going to go well, okay? Right. Uh, um, brandishing a firearm. We saw what happened to these people in, in Missouri. We're now concealed or uh, now open carry is now illegal because 500 bad people tried to burn a house down and the, the, the people who lived there said no. Um, the ridiculousness. They're saying that they brandished firearms. Hey, if you got 500 rioters, zombies in your front yard, I don't know what to tell you. You know, do what you have to do to survive. Absolutely. Uh, figure it out later. But it, but the district attorneys, the legal system is not going to play nice with you. So you need to understand what you're what you can do, what you cannot do. Uh, Stan Campbell from CCW Safe tells us all the time the number one problem they see with people with CCWs is brandishing. And that is a giant no-no. You don't show somebody you have a gun so you can warn them not to mess with you. You know, skunks skunks have a white stripe so that you know not to go kick them, right? You can tell the difference between that and a cat. Yeah. But showing a firearm does not does not give you any free. You're going to go to jail for that. That's brandishing a firearm. If you have to pull a firearm, it's because you have to pull a firearm, not because you just want to let them know you're really serious in uh, this parking spot negotiation that you're going to park there no matter what. That, that's not a good day. That, well, what I love about Stan and the guys at uh, CCW Safe is that they're also about de-escalation as well, right? Yep, yep. And um, to, to really, and that's that's what I loved. I remember being on the show with them, and that was the main thing he focused on, de-escalation. And I swear, it really burned into my mind. So um, when I see situations that could be potentially hostile, to try to talk people down from it and just sort of you know introduce a certain amount of rationale or maybe even humor, the way I like to diffuse things. Right. And, um, you know, just keeping things from getting to the point where a firearm has to come up. And that's why, you know, it's so important for people to take these CCW courses is because what they do is it's not just about shooting, right? It's about running you through 50 scenarios of what would you do and guess what this person did. And, you know, those scenarios are are horrifying. When I come out of those CCW classes, the last thing I want to do is present my firearm. Agreed. Folks, here with Jason Mayashiro, J-M-I-Y-A-23. Check him out on Instagram. Awesome guy. A lot of fun. Jason, thank you for joining me today. And uh, Thank we'll, you, Phil. We'll check out CYA Supply. Get your CYA, CYA. And uh, FiringLineRadio.com. God bless. Shoot, Felipe. Shoot. When you have to shoot, shoot. Don't talk. The Firing Line Radio Show has been brought to you by Bullseye Sports in Riverside, CCW Safe, Cutting Edge Bullets, Vortex Optics, 
Vortex, the force of optics, and by Philip Naiman and Cornerstone Christian Wealth Management. AM 590, the answer.